Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Jane Irrigation Training Series. I'm your host, Richard Vestuccia, and um, today we're going to be talking about the benefits of drip tape for sustainable agriculture. Now, uh, some people have uh, suggested to me, oh, drip tape's kind of simple and, uh, and easy to understand, and uh, I, I really challenged them back, and I said, you know, there's really a lot to understand about drip tape and uh, the selection you make for drip tape and how you use it really will make a significant difference in your water use, your labor, and uh, your yields. And so um, I asked Kevin Stewart, uh, who is now the Director of um, Market Development for Rebulus, to join us today because uh, Kevin, if you've seen him before on these webinars, you know he does a great job. He's one of our most popular presenters. Uh, the thing that I really appreciate about Kevin and uh, really the industry is appreciating about Kevin is he's really become the go-to person for this combination of irrigation and agronomy. What is going to do the best, what irrigation device is going to do the best for what crop? And uh, Kevin's been involved in agriculture all his life in the irrigation business now for I think 20 years. Um, he makes complex subjects uh, easy to understand and uh, we're really fortunate to uh, have him uh, with us today to take us through uh, drip tape. So Kevin, uh, thanks for joining and uh, welcome. Thank you, Richard, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, so uh, Kevin, uh, before we get into drip tape, uh, I know you were in California all last week. Uh, we know that uh, there was rain in the winter and maybe some challenges for growers. Uh, what's the season look like? What's, uh, what's your report from the field from, uh, from your visits last week? Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the season is upon us. Uh, things are starting to warm up and a lot of activity uh, in the Central Valley and out in the field. Uh, I, I think uh, probably the first season has probably been shortened a little bit just with all of the wet, uh, the moisture and the wet weather that we've had. So a uh, lot of activity, a lot of people very busy trying to probably play catch up a little bit. And, um, you know, they've got a certain amount of time to get uh, their crop in and get things going. And uh, that's been shortened a little bit. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Very, very busy in the Valley right now. A lot of activity, um, yeah, but a lot of smiling faces too. So it, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think people are anxious just to get going and, uh, you know, get into it. Yeah, I bet. I bet the, uh, right, the activity level is very high. Also the stress levels, but uh, I think, uh, I think they'll have a okay year this year. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a, a banner year. I, I saw a report for the almond uh, industry. They're, they're predicting, you know, for yields to be down, just given uh, a lot of the issues with the moisture during uh, during bloom and some frost. And, and so I think that uh, is going to um, you know, hamper and lessen the, some of the yields. But uh, uh, you know, some of the row crops, uh, lettuce, onions, I don't think they're going to be quite uh, as impacted tomatoes mm. um, as some of these permanent crops. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, listen, uh, Kevin, let's get let's get into drip tape. You bet. Well, um, you know, you'd asked me to kind of talk about uh, the benefits of drip irrigation, drip tape specifically, and really kind of how that ties to kind of this sustainable agriculture. When I think of sustainability, uh, there's a number of things that come to mind, but uh, 
a, a few is I think, uh, well, you know, how can we be good stewards of the land and protect our soil? Um, you know, that's uh, first and foremost uh, on a top of everyone's mind. Uh, you know, how can we protect uh, water, which is a precious resource, and utilize it in a way that, uh, you know, we're going to get good water use efficiency. So that uh, that's something that we'll discuss uh, throughout today as well. And we'll talk about how to avoid leaching, runoff, deep percolation. Uh, these all tie into just, uh, you know, kind of wasting your water a little bit. And if you're injecting uh, fertilizer or anything through it, you know, that uh, if that gets past the, the root zone, right, it's not really uh, going to be beneficial to the plant. And so uh, all of these things from a sustainability standpoint, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll cover uh, throughout the uh, course of this presentation. Yeah, that's great. And anytime we start thinking about uh, irrigation and water management to this level, uh, you know, it's number one, it's very exciting for all the positives it can do. And, uh, and, and number two, it's uh, uh, the benefits of the yields are, are, uh, are tremendous. Um, just wanted to share this slide. Um, just to kind of let you know, there's about 58 million acres, irrigated acres uh, in the United States. And, um, you know, this was actually taken back in 2018. Uh, they do a study every five years. And so I think uh, in 2023, um, you know, we should be getting kind of a new update on uh, status of irrigation trends and uh, amount of acres that are irrigated. But I wanted to show that, uh, you know, you can kind of see of these 58 million acres, uh, about 10%, so just under 6 million acres are uh, dripped or micro irrigated with a micro irrigation uh, type system. So uh, you can see in the chart below just the trend over the past, uh, you know, several decades. Uh, you can see that the drip, you know, has been consistently growing probably at about a 5 to 6% uh, annually. Uh, I'm sure there's cases where it's grown maybe a little bit less or or, or faster in uh, certain states or certain geographies, but uh, just wanted to kind of show that gravity has been on the decline, uh, while pressurized irrigation systems uh, with the you know the advent of center pivots and and good uniform sprinklers, also with drip irrigation, uh, we've seen uh, some pretty good steady uh, increases uh, in that. So I know that uh, farmers are very uh, very cognizant about the amount of water uh, that they apply. I, I think an interesting fact is, although irrigated acres have gone up, the actual water use, so the acre feet per acre of water applied has gone down from about two acre feet down to on average about 1.5 uh, acre feet per acre. So we're seeing good, uh, good trends in that direction, good progress. And I think a lot of that is due to um, kind of getting away from gravity and going to uh, good, efficient uh, water use practices. Yeah, you know, Kevin, we had uh, Dr. Hillier from the Wet Center in Fresno on as a guest a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that uh, pressurized irrigation for the first time in California last year um, exceeded um, uh, uh, flood irrigation in California. Uh, it was a, it was a big deal, and so. Uh, definitely repeating these trends or, or confirming the trends that you're pointing out uh, today. Yep. Yep. I think we're, we're moving uh, the needle in the right direction and uh, making good progress. Um, 
you know, there's, uh, I'd like to kind of touch on the, the benefits of drip irrigation. I think most people know what drip is, but it's, uh, you know, it's a delivery system of just taking small amounts of water, uh, running them through a system and applying them at a very consistent and uniform rate. And I should add, it's not just water, it's fertilizers and nutrients that you're injecting through the system. So, um, you know, here's just a, a short list of a few things that I came up with. Uh, you know, drip irrigation systems uh, have the ability to reduce uh, the amount of water used. So uh, I think if you've got a well-managed, well-designed uh, system, and I would put an emphasis on, you know, the management and the design of the system, uh, I think you're set up to be very successful. Um, I can give you countless examples of uh, growers that say 15, 20% water while increasing their yield at the same time. In fact, I just read an article of a researcher in Imperial Valley uh, that was doing research on sweet corn and they saved 38% water compared to a furrow um, irrigated crop without sacrificing any yield, uh, yield. In fact, they, they had a slight bump in yield, I think it was about 5%. So there's definitely room to save water and uh, maybe you know get a better crop, uh, increase the quality uh, of, uh, of the crop itself. And that kind of leads me to increased yields. Um, we've seen a lot of processing tomato growers uh, is one example that have gone away from uh, furrow uh, irrigated uh, tomatoes and switched to drip. And we've seen tremendous benefits uh, they've been able to take ground that maybe wasn't as desirable to farm, but with drip, they're able to make it work. And so you're able to open up uh, some of the production uh, acres and uh, grow uh, a better crop while also uh, saving a little bit of water as well. Yeah, Kevin, um, I just want to mention one thing. You know, when you talk about the savings that those uh, growers had in the Imperial Valley of California, and we're talking about the water challenges, even with all the rain we've had, the challenges we still have to uh, the lower Colorado River Basin. Um, and you think about how much water is being used for ag versus uh, urban uses. Uh, there's, a, there's a really compelling argument to, uh, to get more people on drip, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think... Uh you know, people uh, understand that, uh, you know, sometimes agriculture has a, a bit of a target. Um, and I think uh, growers um, naturally, uh, you know, don't want to waste anything. I think they uh, want to make the best of what they have. So I think they're going to look towards, uh, you know, any, you know, product or uh, uh, method to increase uh, the efficiency. Uh, so we're seeing that. I thought it was interesting. Um, years ago, the, we worked with a consultant that did a study, and uh, you know they'd mentioned that for every uh, pound of pressure uh, that they're able to save, um, they're gaining a dollar. Wow. And uh, so it's you know a, a dollar uh, saved per pound of pressure per acre per season. So that may not seem like a lot, but you know if you times that by thousands of acres. Uh, that are looking for ways to uh, lower their pressure. We know there's a direct correlation between um, energy savings and pressure and, and also water savings. Uh, we also uh, can uh, decrease uh, disease pressure, uh, insect pressure, weed pressure by you know putting that drip tape 
uh, kind of that band of water in a very narrow spot. If you're not irrigating areas that don't need water, uh, you're going to see a, a significant uh, decrease in uh, your weed pressure. Um, also, if you're creating a less humid environment, you'll see less uh, fungal uh, diseases uh, just because uh, you know, they typically uh, thrive and, and, and flourish in areas that are very humid. So, um, you know, that kind of sets up for a good way to avoid uh, some of that. Uh, what, something uh, you know, I find very interesting is, uh, you know, you can uh, really um, have almost no disruption in some cases with a drip system, whether if you're trying to cultivate a field or spray it or even harvest it. And I think to the uh, adoption of alfalfa uh, to drip, uh, I know certain growers that actually will irrigate up until harvest or maybe even during harvest because that drip tape is so far below the ground uh, that it doesn't really impact the top layer of it. And traditionally with an overhead irrigation, you've got to turn off your system. You've got to dry it down so that uh, a swather can come in and, and, and swath that field and then bale it. So uh, we see, you know, it's a, a good benefit of uh, being able to just to keep going and not, uh, not slow down. And, uh, and then just the precise application of fertilizers. We, we talked about that um, on that researcher that I had mentioned earlier down in Imperial Valley. They, uh, I think they saw about $125 per acre in nitrogen savings um, just by switching to drip versus the conventional uh, style. So pretty impressive numbers. It's not a silver bullet. Um, there, there's, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges, but uh, here's a, a small handful of uh, benefits uh, that I thought uh, were worth noting. Yeah, great, great point, Kevin, that it's not a silver bullet, but it's a whole lot more than a good start, too. Um, so we, uh, I just want to remind everybody, we've got the Q&A and the chat open. If you have a comment or want to ask a question to Kevin, put it in there and I'll ask when it's appropriate. But uh, we did have one question already, uh, Kevin, and that is, um, do you see very many alfalfa growers using drip irrigation uh, uh, these days? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Not, not as many as I would think. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good respectable amount. I think there's a million acres of uh, alfalfa grown in California. I, you're probably looking at about 1% uh, of that are using drip. And so a long way to go. But, uh, you know, we'll take, uh, we'll take the growth where we can get it. I would say probably, you know, some of the challenges there, and we'll kind of jump into this, uh, where you're burying that drip tape so far, you know, below the soil surface, uh, rodents can be an issue and trying to mitigate, you know, insect and rodent damage. Um, you know, I, I don't know if anyone has a perfect uh, way to do that, but that that is a challenge. And I would say most alfalfa growers probably struggle with that to some some degree. Yeah. yeah, it's great that you point that out too. And um, I will say we did a uh, webinar maybe about a year and a half ago on uh, subsurface drip in uh, alfalfa. So if uh, anybody's interested, uh, you can check that out on the janesusa.com uh, forward slash trainings page. Yeah. Uh, again, some of the challenges of drip, um, you know, if you don't have good filtration, you really could be um, taking chances with plugging or clogging your system. Um, when people say, hey, do I need to invest in filtration? That's one area I would never cut a corner. In fact, I would double down and get the best filtration system possible. Uh, it's really a protection of your investment. So 
You also need to be careful with injecting different chemicals through your water. I would always advise that somebody check with the well, with an expert, whether that's your, your PCA, your irrigation dealer, uh, maybe the extension office. Um, I would always make sure that you know exactly, based on the quality of your water, how that's going to react with whatever chemicals you're putting in. And if you're combining chemicals, I would be very careful just to make sure that those chemicals are compatible with each other, that, you know, together with water, that they don't, uh, you know, turn into, say, calcium sulfate, um, Mm. which, uh, you know, I think is a form of gypsum. And we, we've seen where, you know, that has plugged the system uh, completely. Uh, a poor design, again, just a, a, a shout out to um, our irrigation dealers that we worked with. Uh, most of these dealers uh, have been in business for a long time. They've spent hours trying to perfect uh, that art and that science of designing a irrigation system. And uh, if you think, you know, you're going to just go string out drip tape and lay flat and put water to it, it's a little bit more challenging than that. And you've got to really take into account the elevation of the field and the friction lost and just a lot of different things that go into it. Make sure that you've got the air bench placed properly um, so you, you don't have soil ingestion. So just I can't say enough good things about uh, our network of dealers uh, throughout the United States and the continual investment that they make uh, to consistently consistently get better at what they do. Um, you know, with any good uh, system, uh, comes a cost or an investment. And sometimes, you know, this this type of system can be more expensive uh, than just siphon tubes in a ditch. And so, but you got to look at the payoffs. I would advise anyone to do a good return on investment and uh, and, and see how that uh, works out. I know the association that we uh, belong to, the uh, California uh, Irrigation Association, um, we have a drip wizard and I would invite anyone to go to that. And if you have some of the variables, uh, you can plug those in. It'll give you kind of the payback uh, on what you're looking for. Also, I'd invite anyone to reach out to myself or anyone at Rivulus. Um, we uh, have a financing uh, arm of our business and could uh, most likely put you in contact with uh, someone if you're looking for some type of financing to uh, finance the system. Um, I would think that we could find a, a, a good solution for you on that. And we talked but, a little bit about insect damage. Yeah, go ahead, Richard. That's a great advantage that uh, that I hadn't thought about, you know, just uh, getting all the help, right? Because these growers are great business people and um, they have to be, or they wouldn't be in, uh, in the business of growing. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting is um, many times it's the cost of water that's dictating this investment to make or not. And what we've seen in the past, we've seen things like uh, $22 an acre foot water, uh, becomes $2,200 uh, acre foot water in a short period of time. And there is no management, really. It's either you're in business to grow or you're out of business because you can't afford the water. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more um, of a happy medium here in the pricing. And uh, as a result, give uh, more people the ability to manage uh, their water and uh, and manage their business. Water, water is everything um, as, as we know it. Um, we know a lot of people that uh, are drip irrigating don't have enough water, and so they're deficit irrigating a bit just to try and get enough water or the minimal amounts of, of water just to keep some of their crops alive. And I'm, I'm talking mainly on permanent crops at this point, but uh, 
I would say, you know, if water uh, is in uh, short supply or if it's expensive, along with the drip irrigation system, I would uh, reach out to uh, anyone at Rivulus or Jane uh, that uh, offers a technology platform to help manage uh, your water. There's a lot of uh, a lot of know-how, a lot of knowledge, a lot of good tools, a lot of technology uh, that can help um, you know make make do with the, the amount of water that you have. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, you know, you can reach out to Richard or myself. Um, anybody uh, within the organization can point you in the right direction uh, to give you the right tools. We've got a, a whole toolkit of uh, different options, uh, almost for every budget. So, uh, and then you know, a, a wise person once told me, "Don't try and make the drip fit the crop. Make your crop fit your drip system." So, if you're committed to making drip work. I would figure out, you know, what, you know, if you're, if you need to plan on this size or you've got this injection tool, I would make everything work around that. I've seen, I've seen growers do this. I've seen uh, people very successful that have pretty much upended their operation to make everything fit around the drip. And I think that, you know, the, the, the case, you know, can be made that you'll see much more benefits. So, you know, you know we talked about challenges. You know, one, uh, uh, there's a lot of good things of two companies coming together, uh, Rivulus and Jane. Um, you know, we've got just a, a great team of people with a lot of knowledge. Uh, you bring two really good product offerings together. And uh, and I'm just focusing here on, on drip tape. But uh, when you look at drip tape, you've got this continuous style uh, flow path and you've got a discrete emitter. And we never really want to you know, force anyone into one different style. We want to, you know, we want to have a conversation, uh, look at the scenario and then provide a multiple list of options. And uh, what I'm going to actually talk about right now is more focused on kind of this continuous flow path, just the, the amount of time that we have. And uh, we've got three great products. Uh, we've got T-Tape, uh, Chapin and Roadrip. And I'm actually just going to talk about T-Tape uh, for just a minute. And uh, this is kind of an exciting time for me. Hey, Richard, I don't know if you know, I've been in the business for about 25 years. Right out of college, I had the opportunity to work for T-Tape and uh, was uh, worked for that organization for 10 years. And so coming back to this product, you know, it's a very, uh, you know, formidable, formidable product, you know, good, good, you know, as we were competing with it for a little bit, you know, it was a tough product to compete against. And I just wanted to share uh, maybe some of the aspects um, of, of T-Tape and, and, you know, why, why I think it's a great product and uh, meant for, for many different operations. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kevin. I was going to actually say something about that, that your experience with T-Tape is really uh, goes back a long time. And, and that's fabulous. And I, like you, anytime I knew we were competing with T-Tape, um, um, it was, um, it was uh, a nervous time, right? Because we knew how good the product was. Right. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it, you know, was built, you know, decades ago and, uh, it's as good as it was then as it is now with, with, you know, some major improvements to it. So I would say the, uh, uh the robustness of the product, if you can see here, just, just anyone that's not familiar, you've got water that, you know, is flowing through this primary chamber 
and you can kind of see this gap right here. But these are this is where the water would pass through through each one of these filtering inlets. Um, on a product, you can see the lowest number of inlets that we put in any one of our drippers is 13, and it goes all the way up to 211, and everything in between. So uh, each one of these fil each one of these inlets is a filter, and uh, you really only need about five of them to provide enough water uh, to supply. Um, you know, the emitter pathway and to have water come out at, at the engineered rate. So, um, you know, if you happen to plug, you know, 95% of them, you know, if you still have 5%, um, you know, or, or five um, inlets, you're still going to be okay. So I really applaud the fact that they've made uh, a number of inlets. Again, you can see, um, I'm just trying to look for a, a, maybe a common product that, you uh, that uh, this uh, 12 inch low flow, you can see there's 50 emitters, 50 inlets in this emitter. So a lot of thought and consideration went into that. Once it passes through these inlets, it goes through this track, uh, which have been designed to try and you know create quite a bit of velocity and keep things in suspension so that things don't settle out. And once it makes its way through there, <laughs> it uh, comes out this, uh, it's a knife cut slit. So when it's pressurized, that slit opens up. Uh, when you depressurize the system, that slit closes back down. And uh, it's, it's a great way to, um, if there's anything kind of in solution, if, if there's any soil right around the area, um, it's gonna have a hard time making its way back in if you've kind of closed that door or closed that slit. So uh, between the inlets, the emitter pathway, the slit design, and the tensile strength and uh, elasticity of the product, it's, uh, it's just, it's an excellent product that's suited for just about any crop. Yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned one of the challenges was clogging and uh, certainly uh, this really helps with, uh, with, with any clogging having uh, that type of uh, um, insurance here or uh, a way to combat the clogging, uh, that's really nice. Right. And if you happen to, most of the plugging occurs in the inlet, whether it's a discrete emitter or a continuous style. The, the nice thing about that is you can recover a lot of these systems with a good uh, flush anywhere between one and a half to two feet per second. And, um, you know, we could do a whole uh, webinar on flushing of your drip tape, and maybe you've done that already. But uh, that uh, that will help maintain a good uh, system, flush out any particles that may have gotten lodged anywhere and uh, just, you know, kind of clean things out. So, uh, yeah, and it's, it's surprising to me, Kevin, we have done flushing and we also did air vents and they're two of the most popular webinars. Uh, you might not have thought that, but this is uh, such an important thing that you're mentioning that uh, people do come to watch it. Yeah. Uh, another thing is uh, I just I wanted to kind of talk about all of the options uh, that T-Tape has anywhere from 5 eighths inch inside diameter uh, all the way to an inch and 3 eighths inside diameter. And we base everything uh, on our run lengths as far as hitting a 90% emission uniformity. And so we don't recommend running uh, anything past that uh, just because if you're making this investment, you want to make sure that uh, you know, you've got good efficiency when you're del delivering the water. So uh, you can see that on 5 eighths, we have anywhere from 300 to 900 feet. And a lot of this depends on the spacing and the flow. The higher the flow and closer the spacing, 
uh, a lot of times means your run lengths are going to be a little bit less. So uh, just just know that uh, we've invested in um, you know four different options uh, just to make sure that we provide something uh, for everyone. So uh, you can see we go from 300 feet all the way up to almost a half a mile. So we start you know talking about feet to miles and everything in between. Uh, another thing that comes up quite a bit is, you know, what's the best spacing for my crop? And that really depends on kind of what you're growing and what the objective is. If you're trying to germinate a field, um, you know, closer is often better. And uh, if, you know, if you're in kind of a light to medium uh, ground, uh, you know, closer is is good as well. And I just wanted to kind of talk about a study that was done years ago, and they compared two different drip uh, this is the same flow rate, but one is an eight inch and one is a 16 inch. And this is on a medium silt loam soil. And they measured after each hour how long it took for basically the two circles to come together. And you can see within five hours on the eight inch, uh, you had 100% of a wetted front where you've got these two circles that have come together on a 16 inch. You can see it took 12 hours and even, you know, we had kind of timed out on the study and these had still not yet come together. So um, the, the ideal um, option is you, you want to create kind of a wetted band. And uh, so after five hours, if you go to maybe six, eight hours, you've created a, a complete band of water. And uh, I don't have a picture with me, but uh, it's pretty impressive when you're trying to germinate a crop and you can see that you've uh, you wetted the entire bed, maybe just past the, the seed line. So it, uh, you know, trying to figure out the right spacing and the right flow um, is uh, it's important and just uh, uh, was impressed. T-Tape has made the investment uh, all the way from four inches up to, I think, 24 inches and everything in between. Yes, that's really interesting, Kevin, because uh, oftentimes we do see the photos of uh, drip tape uh, or emitter line in the field, and you see lots of dots, right? And, and uh, that, that's supposed to show the uniformity, but this wetted band makes a whole lot more sense to me, right? The coverage to the uh, root zone and being able to uh, drop it just at the right rates uh, makes a lot more sense. thing I'm curious about is I would have normally thought if in five hours we get 100% with the eight inch, 16 inch would get there in 10 hours, but it's actually much more than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a little, little, little boggling to, to try and figure out. I can just kind of showing what the, what the study actually yielded out at. So yeah, I think everyone was kind of scratching their head when they saw this. Um, this was kind of done by an independent uh, study and, uh, um, anyone that's interested, I've got a whole list. We we measured 12 different uh, tapes with different spacing and different flows. And you can imagine um, products with a close emitter spacing and a very high flow uh, will get a very fast um, wetted front. Um, you know, the, I think most people would, would understand that. The problem with that is if you're on short run lengths, that's perfect. If you're trying to irrigate something three, 400 feet, um, that's a perfect option for you. The balance is when you're trying to get to eight, 900, maybe a quarter mile is trying to find a flow rate and a spacing that will wet the area quickly, uh, but still give you the uniformity that you need 
uh, again, that's the whole reason why most people are driven to drip is to make sure that they've got, uh, you know, good uniformity. Uh, they're looking for 90, 95% uniformity uh, in this investment. So Kevin, one thing I'm thinking, right? So I, I, I'm, I'm going to use the closer spacing any, any chance I can, because uh, this makes sense to me, but am I going to end up using a whole lot more water as a result of that? If, if, if you if you work with the right people and ask the right questions, no, because what we would do is steer you to a closer emitter spacing with a lower flow rate. And so, um, you know, if you are trying to hit a certain uh, application, uh, say inches per hour or gallons per minute per hundred feet or gallons per minute per acre, or if you're trying to tie that back to your the capacity of your pump or your well, um, you know, there, there's a way to do that and, uh, and, and still get the length of run at a 90%. Uh, it can be achieved, but you've got you to work with a company that's got plenty of options uh, as far as spacing and flows uh, to achieve that. Yeah, well, and it's, uh, it's uh, D-Tape has this, uh, all those options available. Is that, that's Correct, the correct. Yep. yep, they've made that investment in all the different uh, um, wheels to you know, to, to make the spacing and the flow rates and everything. So uh, one other thing, this uh, picture is taken on the coast. Uh, this is seven eighths five mil that was put out for a lattice uh, field and uh, T-Tape over the years has kind of figured out how to increase the tensile strength of their product and give it just enough elasticity. So where it's okay if it stretches, you know, just a little bit as it's coming out of the ground. Uh, this tape is destined to be recycled and, and put into other uh, drip products, but um, yeah, you don't want it to break. And so that's kind of the fine balance. And uh, um, yeah, T-Tape has done a good, a good job kind of finding that balance um, to where it's not too rigid. It's got a little bit of elasticity to it and that it's going to come out of the ground and then get you know pulled uh, onto uh, what we call a, a, a winder or a binder. And then, um, you know, that goes off to get recycled. Um, you know, we work with others, uh, have a program to where, you know, it gets washed and chopped and cleaned and then repelletized. So um, just wanted to highlight the uh, tensile strength of the product. Yeah, another great point for sustainability there, uh, Kevin. Thank you. So um, we got a question coming in right now from our audience and they're asking, so you pick up the tape after harvest, is that correct? Well, in, in this case, yeah. So this is all hand harvested. Uh, I think this is uh, some type of lettuce crop, maybe romaine. Um, they, yeah, very typical to go in hand harvest. And then uh, once the crew is done, then, uh, you know, this machine is going in. If the tape happened to be buried below the ground an inch, it's lifting it to the surface. Once this uh, operation goes through, uh, I, I should have included a picture, but there's a team on the edge of the field that is taking dozens of drip tape all at once and winding it onto um, a, a large uh, binder, uh, if you will, or a, a coil to really kind of compact that. And then, uh, you know, that gets uh, taken to a, a recycler to where it's, uh, it goes through the process of cleaning it and washing it and, and uh, grinding it, so. Yeah, I just want to make mention, if you check out some of our uh, social media channels, we've got a lot of great video uh, going around this week on uh, T-Tape going uh, in and out of the field. So check that out. Lastly, Richard, I just wanted to share that uh, T-Tape has a wide range of options. 
uh, you know, if you get four options for the inside diameter ranging from five eighths to an inch and three eighths, uh, again, that is all dependent on your run length and how far you want to uh, run that drip tape and keep a 90% emission uniformity. Uh, lots of options for mill thicknesses ranging from four mil to 15 mil. Um, a lot of spacings, uh, four, six, eight, 12, I would say six, eight, and 12 are very, very common spacings, but we do have uh, other spacings if you've got some, you know, unique project. And uh, these are flows in gallons per minute per 100 feet. I don't want to uh, confuse anyone. These aren't um, gallons per hour per emitter. Um, anyone that wants the conversion, uh, I can share that. But that's that's how we, in the continuous drip tape, that's how we measure this is in gallons per minute per 100 feet. So you can see we've got a wide range of different flows uh, to meet just about any need. And uh, yeah, um, it, um, lots of investments to make sure that uh, you know this company provides just a, a great range of options uh, again to meet uh, just about any any crop need. So with that, I'm happy to uh, take any questions uh, online. If anyone wants to contact me afterwards, I've left uh, my contact uh, information, uh, email, and cell phone. I'm more than happy to. Uh, um, talk and converse with anybody if you've got any questions about drip irrigation. Again, I've got close to 25 years experience focused around drip tape and uh, had the opportunity to visit multiple countries and see how it's done uh, all over the U.S. and other parts of the world. So, um, A great yeah. job today, Kevin. This was really, uh, really good and interesting. We had a couple more questions coming in. And one of the questions was that uh, inch and three eighths uh, drip tape. Uh, what type of crops are people uh, irrigating with uh, that, that big a drip tape? Most of that goes to the middle of the country into Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, maybe a little bit into Texas. And uh, that goes primarily for the corn and soybean market. Uh, maybe a little bit of cotton, but but primarily uh, we we call it subsurface drip on corn. We uh, it goes out, uh, you know, maybe uh, a half mile. Uh, we bury it. it. Ranges a little bit, but you know, maybe a, a foot deep to maybe a little bit deeper, and uh, we put it every thirty inches, sometimes every sixty inches, kind of depending on what the objective is, and. Uh, we expect to get decades of use out of it. So um, um, Colorado, or excuse me, Kansas State University uh, had done a study where they'd put some drip tape in. And uh, this was five or six years ago, but they were celebrating 25 years of it being in the ground. And they did a uniformity study on it just to check to see how it was performing, you know, from, I think they had the metrics from day one to 25 years later. And it was the the CVs, uh, the flows, everything uh, was flowing um, exactly as it should have been and as it was uh, on day one. So um, it says a lot about the drip tape, but it probably says even more about how you maintain your system. Yeah, great point. And that's, uh, that is the same drip tape for that many years. Same, same drip tape for that many years. It was buried about 16 inches deep and uh, irrigated kind of a corn soybean rotation. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Pretty phenomenal. So Kevin, you've got your contact information up here. I just uh, want to confirm it's okay for people to reach out and call you, email you. You're here to help, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Give me a ring. 
more than happy. If I don't know the answer, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, between you know, myself and my colleagues, uh, yeah, we can definitely uh, get any uh, question answered and uh, help you on your way to being successful at Drip Irrigating. Yeah, what a what a great valuable resource that is, Kevin. What a generous offer. Thank you uh, again for being here today. I want to thank everybody who's tuned in today. We really appreciate you uh, taking a little bit of your day and spending it uh, with us to educate yourself on uh, good water management practices. <laughs> um, uh, you can see all our trainings now over 300 at the janesusa.com forward slash trainings page or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You know, we extract the audio out of this, put it onto a podcast too. And uh, I'm always really happy to see how many people are listening to these podcasts, uh, typically when they're working. So they're they're working and improving their knowledge at the same time. It, it's really great. Um, Kevin, speaking of great, great job again today. And, uh, and, and thank you for uh, uh, helping us out. Thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, listen, I uh, hope everybody has a good rest of the day and uh, we'll see you back here next week. We're going to be talking about some new reports for uh, Jane Unity software that are pushed to users to make uh, your job of water management uh, even easier. Uh, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.